National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. Dad education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. 800-998-1003. It is our number two. Open phone lines this segment and at 1.30. If you'd like to chime in here as well. Ooh. It's Friday the 13th. There she is. I don't have a Friday the 13th version, though, of Rebecca Black. I remember Joey back in the day would, would find all those interesting versions of Becca. Can I call her Becca? I kind of feel so. Doing Friday. Basically since we started the show in 2010. Uh, the Swami chiming in. The 1972 Saints owner John Meacham firing GM Vic Swank. Hiring, this is not a joke, NASA astronaut Dick Gordon Jr. for one year. <laughs> he drafted the wrong stars. One of the worst decisions ever, yeah. It's Friday the 13th. Help celebrate it with us. Are you superstitious? Give me your best superstition to make sure that your team wins the game. Are you like that? Do you, do you, uh, do things like that? Do you? Make sure you wear certain clothes or on a game day. You don't talk about it. Do things like that. And we're asking you to give us your best horror or bad luck thing that happened to the Saints and Pelicans. Again, probably at the time, bad luck, Boogie Cousins blowing out the Achilles. Looking at it later. Probably the best thing that happened to you would would have been on the hook for a max extension. Can you imagine? AD leaves and you have Boogie. Um, I'm actually having trouble trying to, yeah, like what what is the worst bad luck thing? I mean, it was at the time, right? Because maybe you had counted on him to do that. What about the most horrific thing? Was it Chris leaving? Was it uh the selling of the franchise to the NBA? But then again, eventually, it was about a Benson's, and it took the AD move for, you know, Mrs. B to kind of wake up and be like, okay, we kind of have to run this like an NBA team, not just an NFL team that kind of has an NBA team. 
Because that's 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 the thing. I'm having trouble with the Pell's most horrific or bad luck thing is that the things that did happen that were bad for this franchise eventually turned out to be for the better. Like there was nothing for the better with Bounty Gate. That's mine. Larry went with no, 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 call it, and he said, actually, no, I'm going to change it to the Mounting Gate as well. That, to me, is the most horrific thing to have happened to the Saints. Rob the team of its window. Legit prime window. You literally suspended the head coach for the year. <laughs> That's crazy. GM, half the year. Took away draft picks. I mean, that was a disaster. Bad luck. The Nola no call. And I go there and not horrific because, again, as I said at the time, the Saints should have won that game. They should have won that game. They should have had way more than the points they had in the first quarter. They settled for field goals, gave up a touchdown at the end of the first half and at the end of the regulation to go into overtime. Like, And they had the ball and crossed midfield and threw a pick. I mean, again, all of that, despite the Nola no call, of course it affected it. I understand that, but that's how I'm always going to feel about the Nola no call. You, you shouldn't have let that one single, and I know it affected it, I get it. But my goodness, if you're looking at left and right side of a ledger on a sheet of paper, you had more opportunities to win than to lose that game. That's me. 800-998-1003, college baseball. You got LSU and Ole Miss tonight, a big series for the Tigers. They got to continue to play that good kind of baseball to try to solidify their spots right now. The projections that you saw this week, they, they're a two seed. Uh, they're not anywhere to, to, to host a regional just yet. Now, the number nine in the country in a couple of polls, 7.30 tonight, 2 o'clock tomorrow, 1 o'clock on Sunday. And the Tigers have won seven of the last ten against Ole Miss. April 22nd through 24th, they faced each other over in Oxford, and LSU won that series 2-1. Tulane, they're at Wichita State, 10-8 and in the American Athletic Conference. ECU's in first place at 14-4, and if you want some understanding of where they are in first place. They're taking on the Shockers, 5-13 and in conference play, last place. So, if you're to wave, you want to have any shot the regular season title, obviously seems to be a sweep. I don't know if you can really do that. you got two series left, though. Memphis. After this one. And last night over in Thibodeau, game one of a very important three game series between Nichols and SLU and the Lions take game one, three to two. Game two is six o'clock tonight. UNO, they get three runs in the seventh to win six to four at Northwestern State. Game two is tonight at six thirty. And why that's important. Is because McNeese State is still in first place. They won. They were they had a share of the lead yesterday with Nichols, and they won at HBU twenty three to five. Now they just started. They started play at one o'clock. So I'll be keeping an eye on them and giving you the score here because obviously Nickel fans, SLU fans, you guys are paying attention to find out with two games to play in the regular season. The Southland Conference standings are like this: McNeese. Southeastern, 13 and 9 in first place. UNO, one back at 12 and 10. Nichols, 11 and 11. Northwestern State, 11 and 11. HBU, 11 and 11. So that's the race right now. McNeese and SLU at 13 and 9. McNeese taking on HBU. 
UNO taking on Northwestern State and SLU and Nichols. So that's your college baseball kind of outlook there. We've been talking a little NBA here as well as yesterday. The two games couldn't have been, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say more opposite. Just when you look at it, the storylines are interesting. So the Heat win 99 to 90 in Philly. Miami wins the series. They move on. James Harden had two shots in the second half. 11 points. He had no free throws in the game. There's a lot of people talking about that in that game. By the way, he has a player option for $47 million next year. If he opts in, the Sixers can't do anything about it. Um. Man, I don't know. I'm texting Will Guillory back and forth after that game. Believe me, I'm not making an accusation. I'm just, let's just, just say I'm just having a beer at the bar and I'm talking with some friends. I'm like, I'm checking bank accounts. I mean, I'm like, I mean, that, that's literally like Tim Legler at the end, uh, of the, the, the night last night on SVP broke down two plays. It, it's, it's dumbfounding. You can either say that he's lost a step and can't get past, but the, the lack of effort, the lack of urgency, and then at the end of the game, blaming everybody but him. I just, the ball didn't get back to him. Dude, you're facing an elimination game. You're, you're standing to make $47 million next year. And you took two shots. The last time he took a two point attempt, he, he went 22 minutes, final 22 minutes of the game, didn't take a shot. I think about that. That's incredible. Shane, I'm going to get to you in a second here screaming, eh? I spoke to several coaches last night, okay? I got numerous calls, and I'm telling you right now, his number was called on numerous occasions. You had the coaches looking at him with other disgust because he wasn't attempting shots. You're the point guard with the ball in your hands. You still were not attempting. You still weren't attempting shots. And on top of it all, they went so far as to call damn plays for you just so you could launch a shot, and you still didn't do it. I'm sorry, guys. That reeks of intentional all over the place in my mind. Something smells, something is very, very fishy, and I think we should all keep our eyes on what's transpiring or what will transpire in Philadelphia in the coming days, if not a couple of weeks. Because I'm telling you right now, I smell something. Something ain't right about this. It seemed, it seemed pretty damn intentional what was done last night. Again, that's along the lines of what I'm kind of insinuating, right? I mean, if that's the case, can you legitimately imagine somebody tanking a shot to win a playoff game and move on? So Mike D'Antoni can be your head coach, which is what a lot of people feel he did. <laughs> and he's going to make $47 million. Shane, what's up, my friend? Thank you for calling the show. How are you today? Hey, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing well, man. It's Friday. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, it's Friday. I got I want to say something about the national media. I, they, I hear them talking about the heat, and the heat are not good enough because they don't have another one option to the store. But Jimmy Butler is scoring 30 points every night. Yeah. And he's not a superstar to them. I don't know what it is with Jimmy Butler. I don't know what's going on with Harden. But Jimmy Butler is a superstar to me. Plays defense, scoring 30 points a night. I don't know what, what constitutes a superstar in their eyes. But but Jimmy Butler is stepping up. He's not doing the James Harden thing for sure. But uh, my uh, my Friday the 13th, First thing is got to be Marcus Williams and the Minnesota, what is it, the Minneapolis 
Oh, because Dude, yes. nobody, yes. nobody else was going to beat us that year. There was nobody else. See, I, I don't know. You, you think you? I've heard a lot of people say that the Eagles would have been next, and he think I, I never looked at that team as a Super Bowl contending team. Like, and the reason why I say that, Shane, was because that w- that felt to me the analogy and comparison I used was 06, because that was completely unexpected that year. In, in terms of, you had to have your draft pick start. Like, they, they didn't have a choice. Like, that 2017 draft, you needed to have people that were going to start for you. Kamara, Lattimore, like, no one could have ever expected that you would have drafted the rookie of the year on offense and defense. Like, that's what they won that year. Right? I mean, you couldn't have drafted a starter at safety. And he had a great year that year, Marcus Williams. So I didn't think that they were a Super Bowl contending team. And the other reason, Shane, is because that year, if you remember, again, kind of like the Nolan O'Call, um, they couldn't get a first down to save their life. They were terrible on third down conversions. And when you look at that game, they didn't score in that first half. And then in that game, before they kicked the field goal to go ahead. Now, granted, they wasn't much time left, but they had a third and short. If they convert that third and short, Shane, something they had trouble doing all year, the game-winning kick takes place as the clock expires. Like, there, there's no kickoff if they convert that first down. So, I, I, I and I, I don't look at that team as a Super Bowl team, but a lot of people I guess, thought I guess that they could have We'll never know, but the Eagles were not going to beat us that year. Well, you know, again, again, look, they had some flaws on that team. But uh, I, look, I will agree with you on this aspect of it, Shane. I'll agree with you on this. That Nola no call, I'll never forget. Just, I mean, that that was one of those things. I'm like, because we were doing a live post game show at Buffalo Wild Wings at the time. Me and 4K look at each other. I'm like, how do we follow that? I mean, like, the place was bumping. They had just scored. You know, they, they made that comeback in the second half. The place was going nuts. And when that happened, I just remember the sounds of glass breaking. People were spiking their glass pints, the, the pint glasses on the oh, ground. Yeah, my allergies started acting up after that game. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I can't attend. My, my allergies started acting up after that game. That, that, that crust. Dude. I, that, that you're right. Hurt. You're right. You're right. The Minneapolis that was, that, miracle. That was a hurt to the soul. That was a hurt <laughs> to the soul. I stuck to my knees and, and, and there's like a whole bunch of pollen just flew through my ass. <laughs> you, you gotta hit that road pollen, man. Hey, I gotta hit the break, man. It's 117. Thank you so much, Shane, for the phone call. Have a great weekend. Sports Hangover continues next with Rafael Esparza, Senior Vegas, when we return on ESP in New Orleans. One of the things I love about betting my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine prop bets from multiple games and now even multiple sports. It's called Same Game Parlay Plus and you can only find them on FanDuel. Combine NBA playoff player props you love with your favorite baseball home run hitters for a chance to score an even bigger payout. Today I like under 20.5 points for Jordan Poole, 
the New York Yankees to beat the Texas Rangers, and Freddie Freeman to hit a home run. If you don't want to build your own same-game parlay, check out their popular same-game parlay section where you can join the bets other users are jumping on. And if you're new to FanDuel, sign up with promo code KLRZ to get your first bet risk-free of up to $1,000. Make every moment more and download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Just use promo code KLRZ so they know I sent you. Must be 21 and over and present in Louisiana. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770. Stop. It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams. Long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengau. When you hear that, that means Rafael Esparza is online at Sports. The way to follow over on Twitter, Rafael. How are you today? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. How you think Philly fans are today? Ooh, not good. I mean. Oof. Uh, Sixers lose. Bryce Harper can only DH. Uh, yeah, not good. Do you have odds yet on James Harden? Is he a Sixer? Is he something else next year? What would, what would be the best odds you think? I think he's probably gonna uh, probably gonna stay there. I just don't know if they're gonna pay him what he wants. He probably wants. I mean, his play this season probably cost him an easy. 50 mil, I would think, or something. I mean, he was playing off. I'm guessing, I mean, we can see Simmons somewhere else. We can see Kyrie Irving somewhere else. We can see the bearded one somewhere else. It's going to be a very interesting, uh, I think, offseason in the NBA. Zach Levine, too, right? The top free agent, would you say? Uh, yeah, I, I would say when the season was going throughout the, throughout the year, I thought he was going to be, uh, resign with the Bulls, but now I'm hearing. He likes being a free agent. I think he's going to get a lot of money sent his way just because of uh, those three we just mentioned are not going to get top dollar like they maybe would have a couple of years ago. I would say Zach Levine will probably going to get that top dollar. What do you think would be a good fit for him? Obviously, the Lakers want everybody, and I've seen reports about them trying to do that. I don't know what assets they have or money that they can uh, do that with, but you know, with LA, you never say never. Um, what about Philly? Look, I, I also heard this morning, too, and Keyshawn Johnson sort of suggested it on the morning show. What if Joel Embiid says, I've had enough, trade me? Could could you see the possibility of them doing that? I could see that. I mean, they said he was going give, to give him help. He hasn't really gotten the help, or the help has really not done anything for him. I think he gives it one one or a couple more years, and then maybe he says, hey, you know what, I'm done. I've done everything I can here. Uh, it'd be more, I think it'd be interesting to see if Doc Rivers comes back and coaches, uh, next year for the series, because he's also rumored 
to be uh, the Lakers uh, head coach as well. So I, I would be more curious to see what's going on with Doc Rivers than with Joel Embiid. The reason why I say this is because yesterday after the game, he was pretty, like, open by saying, well, you know, we thought we were going to get the, the Houston James Harden. He's not that anymore, and, you know, he could have been more aggressive. I, I, I think the possibility of him saying, get me out of here, would exist if what Stephen A. kind of suggested this morning that Harden tanked to get Rivers fired to bring in D'Antoni. And if that's the case and that's what he believes, then I could absolutely see him being going, wait a minute. You're bringing in your guy for your system and your, then I could see that. I mean, I, like I would be like, I'm out of here, right? Yeah. If that's the whole case, then yeah, I would think he's out of there. Cause I, I would think it, that would rub him the wrong way. Cause listen, he's the man there. It's not James Harden. He's not the, he's not the man. And, and Philly, he was he was there for the process. So James Harden was nowhere during the process. So I would totally agree. If that's the case, then yeah, he rubs into Harden. I think Kobe, how come no one has mentioned anything? Kobe Bryant said Harden would never win a championship playing ISO ball. No one says that anymore. Kobe Bryant has been saying that. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe. But I remember him saying that, and everyone pretty much gave Kobe uh, a bad a bad rap for, for him saying that. I think he was right. No doubt about it. Speaker Rafael Esparza, VSI Doc Sports on Twitter. So no one's talking uh, as much as probably they would, and it will once the series starts in the Eastern Conference Finals, though. Miami, man. Look, obviously Jimmy Butler, I remember the dust-up with him and Coach Spolstra, but that, that team plays defense, don't they? And when I watched that, that game yesterday, one of the reasons Harden struggled is any time he tried to drive or do anything, you always saw one or two red jerseys. I, and I, I'm starting to feel, especially by what I'm watching out west, I kind of feel like the team that wins the Eastern Conference Finals may win the finals. Yeah, because I think these teams out west are just beating each other up. Memphis, Golden State, and, and Dallas, and Phoenix. I, when I check, I've been telling people I would be more afraid of Miami. Uh, they're, they're winning games, and, and Duncan Robinson's not even getting any playing time. So they still have depth on their bench that can uh, still play hoop, uh, hoop it up. I, I, I'm Totally, totally on Miami because they're going to get healthy now that they're sitting around waiting for this Boston-Milwaukee series to end. they got some rest coming up. Uh, I would not face the Heat. I would think they're probably uh, the team that beats, but they're all going to say it's that Western, Western Conference team is the team that beats. We won't talk to you before then, but Suns and Mavs last night, another terrible performance by Phoenix and Dallas. They lose 113-86. Game 7 is on Saturday and I think the Suns are six-point favorites. Is that where they are? What do you see here? I mean, hold the court has been holding. And it's not like it's been close games. Uh, it, I, I still think Phoenix wins that one uh, on home court. It's Sunday, not Saturday. Uh, it's a 9 o'clock game on Sunday. So uh, I, I have Phoenix, just, like, just how I have Golden State tonight on home court. Now, the Boston-Milwaukee game, that's a coin flip. You can't say home court's going to hold on that one. Uh, but I think the Western Conference home court holds. So that's what's going to go next as uh, Celtics and Bucks, Milwaukee, a one-and-a-half point favorite tonight. The over-under is 212. Kind of like the under. I just really like the way both teams have been playing defense. Uh, I think if Boston needs to uh, win this game, Tatum has to play, be that key guy. He wants to step up and be that elite player in the league. He needs to have an elite game, like a KD game mm-hmm. or a Curry game or even a LeBron game to get him over the hump. He has not. He's been shooting really poorly uh, against his Bucks defense. I think Tatum has to be that key guy tonight. 
I would not be shocked if Boston wins this one. But again, I, give me the under. 212.5 seems a little bit, little bit, little bit high. All right, Raphael, let's turn our attention to the thing that got everybody chatting oh, no. yesterday. Schedule, baby. It's all about the schedule. Schedule here, schedule there. You may not like it, but I know you like the money that comes in, right? What team got an influx of cash yesterday by their fan base that's convinced, based on the schedule alone, that they are going to win games? What's today's date, Gus? The 13th, Friday the 13th. What, what, what month? Yes, May. Yes. And when's the first week of the NFL? September, September 11th. Right? September. September 11th. Why? Why? I could care less what money's coming in. We don't know who's going to get hurt during training. or uh, I think the most money has pretty much came in. I mean, it's always the teams that always get much uh, the most money. Tampa Bay, Green Bay, doesn't matter what schedule comes out. Uh, they, they, ooh, Dallas has the easiest schedule. Dallas is Dallas. So they haven't won anything. I could care less. If they're the easiest schedule. I don't care if they have to play two USFL teams really? uh, on their schedule. They're not going to win the, uh, the the Super Bowl. So uh, the money comes in always on the teams uh, that that's supposed to get. Kansas City got a lot of money but, uh, put in yesterday. Uh, so it's, it's the same old team. It doesn't matter what the schedule looks like. Really? Kansas City? That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that uh, to be the case. But when I look at um, other things that look into that schedule here as well, I do find it interesting. Keyshawn Johnson, I'll play this after your segment here. He said this morning he's convinced the Bucks have one of the toughest starts. They're the fourth, you know, toughest schedule in the league. Could could you see Tampa ready? Not making the playoffs. Uh it, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, now that Tom Brady's getting all that money after his season, so what if they start off slow? What's the what's the mindset? Uh, going to be on him to uh, try to make that playoff push, to knowing that he's probably not going to win the ship if they're a bad, mediocre team making the playoffs. It, it wouldn't shock me on that one. But, again, are we just all going to play for uh, second place because the AFC is just so jam-packed if you're an NFC team? Because I'm sorry, that AFC side is jam, jam, jam-packed uh, with some with some uh, key elite teams. So, for me, I just think we're all playing for a second place in the AFC. Okay. Anything in the world of the octagons or the boxing ring? Actually, we have Bellator right now going on on Bellator 281 over in London. So if you like to fist the cups really early this afternoon, uh, you can listen to your show and watch some uh, Bellator 281 fights. Michael Page, MVP Page, is fighting Logan Sterling in the main event. But we have uh, UFC on Saturday, but there's also really good fights. You have Sergey Kovalov fighting. Uh, in LA, and then you have a fantastic fight, uh, Jamar Charo versus Brian Cassino. This is a rematch fight that Brian Cassino upset Jamar Charo in his mm-hmm. first fight. It's now minus two dollars for Jamar Charo. He's a twin, so I always root for the twins. So hopefully he gets some redemption on Saturday night for the middleweight title. Okay, easy enough. Um, one thing I did want to ask you. In the world of the NFL, because it, I think this is going to be something I'll ask you probably every other week, and we'll check, we'll, we'll kind of chuckle on it. But uh, the report out there: the Panthers could be waiting to try to make a play on Sean Payton. Is there a line on where Sean goes? Is it is Dallas the heavy betting favorite? Me and Larry Holder, the Athletic, talked earlier today. I, I think if the Chargers don't make the AFC Championship game with all the moves they made. I could easily see that owner get a little impatient and say, let's go make a play with there. Because if I'm Sean, I want to go where I could win 
win quickly, have a good quarterback. And I just, I, I, I cannot think that not a, it's not a perfect marriage, man. SoFi Stadium, billion dollar stadium, LA, wife will be happy there. Talk of the town, McVay likely will be heading out towards a, a broadcast booth shortly. I could see him doing the Chargers. What about you? I could see that. I don't see him coaching in the, the NFC uh, South or the same division as the Saints. I, I just don't see that happening. I don't care how much money Carolina has. I don't care how much money the Home Depot guy gives from Atlanta gives him. I just <laughs> did not see that happening at all. I, but I can see L.A. the Chargers. They're a fantastic team. Cowboys. I mean, he's probably looking for his head coaching job because I told you before he must be he must be a bad interview for TV if a football player that's still paying has a contract uh, to join the booth and he hasn't. So uh, he must not be uh, studying well on interviews. So maybe he is looking for his next coaching job. Never know, Rafael. As always, appreciate the time, sir. Again, we'll talk next week. Take it easy. Have a great weekend, everybody. You too. VSI Doc Sports, the way to follow Raphael over on Twitter. And each and every day puts up a free video over there on the gram. So go check that out. Quick break. We come back. Open phone lines if you'd like to chime into the conversation. Saints fans, Pels fans, give me your most horrific event to happen to your team since it is Friday the 13th. Horrific or bad luck? Give it to me. Love to hear it from you there as well. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Thibodeau Regional Health System was recently named one of the nation's 50 top cardiovascular hospitals by IBM Watson Health. This award for delivering the best quality and most cost-effective heart and vascular care is important. Why? Because high-quality heart care close to home is not only convenient, it's life-saving. When it comes to matters of the heart, choose the experts at Thibodeau Regional. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. The Cleveland Cavaliers finished last in the Eastern Conference in 2011 after LeBron James left for Miami. This turned out to help them build their foundation for future success. In the 2011 NBA Draft, they had the number one and number four overall picks, selecting Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson, who were pivotal parts on the Cavaliers' 2016 NBA Championship, the franchise's first ever. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Lotteries might work in basketball, but in business, adding the right people has nothing to do with luck. It's all about talking to the right people. Because when you post your job for free, LinkedIn Jobs taps into a network of over 810 million professionals to find the right people for your role. LinkedIn Jobs helps you narrow down the most qualified candidates so you can start hiring the right people. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports to post your job for free. That's LinkedIn.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. What you got, Saints fans, was the most horrific thing. Let's see, we've touched on Bounty Gate. 
Nulla note call seems to lead the way. And then we had a caller, Shane, earlier this hour say the Minneapolis miracle. <laughs> oh, that franchise has had some bad luck slash horrific moments, huh? 800-998-1003 if you like to chime in um, on that. Also, if you want to talk about the games yesterday that took place, Suns and Mavs, man, I, I'm i at a loss. Phoenix has looked absolutely terrible in Dallas. Monty Williams, after the game on his team's performance. They had 16 steals. I mean, those are live ball turnovers that just put your defense in flux because you're not on your man. And then when teams are pushing it at you like that, especially this team, you, you may have two on one and that leaves somebody else open. So that's, that's uncharacteristic of us. We just have to be better in that environment. Hey, have they become unlikable? Or maybe they're already word of you, but I, I was like, you know, before I knew the Pels were in it, and obviously against them, I was rooting for the Pels. But I, I'd love to see Monty Williams win an NBA championship, and, and even to an extent, I, I like Chris Paul, and and what you know it would mean to his career and stuff like that. But man, I gotta, I gotta, t- I almost feel like Pels series aside, and that had plenty of moments. But when did Devin Booker become like he's like that class snitch? Like I just. He's really unlikable to me. From the, you know, tapping and grabbing CJ McCollum off the bench, which should have been a technical, a fine something, to the, you know, CP me kicking to Alvarado's unmentionables. To, I mean, I, they just Crowder. I, they they've become really unlikable. I don't know if it's maybe the pressure of being the number one seed and them should be going to the finals. I they they they're not handling it well. You understand what I'm saying? They're not handling it well. Like, I don't get that sense and feel when I watch, say, the Bucks and Celtics. All of the other series, it's almost like the basketball hasn't taken center stage. Does that make sense? Do you guys get what I'm getting at? Like, the Grizzlies and Warriors have been a contentious series. Bad fouls, who's breaking the code, Ja, it's been injuries, the double bird by Draymond. It's been anything but the games. Even Miami and in Philly, you know, it, it was two first games on Embiid. That's a big difference. And he comes back and they tie it. And then, you know, it's the hard thing. It, it's not the games. Like the only series of the four to me that have been good basketball games have been the Celtics and Bucks. That's just me. Richard, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got on us today? Hello, Richard. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, man. What's up, bud? I love the question for the Friday the 13th. Um, you know, there was a point uh, earlier you mentioned, someone mentioned the Minneapolis Miracle, and that, that that's not mine, but um, that was close. That was originally what I thought of, but then I went back to, for me, uh, the San Francisco 2011 playoff game. That one, just because of how ramp the emotions were i mean you, i mean start to finish it almost it, it was almost like a doom from the start opening drive here thomas lowers the head gets concussed knocked out so we miss a scoring chance and then what four other turnovers sprawls never fumbles the whole season he fumbles and then drew's trying his best throwing what 60 something times god bless him 
And then the end, I mean, I, most people hail it as an all-time classic because, well, that fourth quarter was an all-time classic, but we were on the losing end. And personally, I threw that on uh, Greg Williams, but that one to me was like the, the the worst of the worst. That was like snake bid. That was cursed. That was yeah. just like, <laughs> oh come on! Like, I that's the one I think of the most. Not the Minneapolis miracle. I was more happy that we were good again, and yeah. not the Nola no call because I I I agree with you one hundred percent. We had what twenty points or seventeen at that Dude, at that it point. Should have been more. Should have been touchdowns. No, yeah, yeah, for two it, field it goals instead of touchdowns. Yeah. And I wholeheartedly, this is something I, I want to see if Dennis Allen or Carmichael keeps this mindset or it's changed. But this was something I never agreed with Sean doing after that deep throw again to put us right there to where I, I was. I don't know. I, I can't remember the clock management scenario but i wouldn't have thrown it on first down i get it if thomas catches it more than likely he runs in for a touchdown i get it i get it i wouldn't have done it i that got me angry i'm like why 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 it's it, it was too much of a risk it was incomplete and we saw what happened rams got to keep that extra time out for later and i i just look at that as like too much too much going on to me, it was the 49ers 2011 playoff game. You know, and I was, oh, gosh, dude, that, the Alex Smith run, like, I, that <laughs> whole drive, the the scramble from inside, they were inside the 10, weren't they? I mean, they, when he scrambled for, like, 150 yards, even though I know the field's 100, I mean, seriously, right? I mean, it, that, that game from, you're right, that, that might be one of the most agitating games that, I'm a New Orleanian, of course. I'm in media, and I try to call things the way it is and look at it respectively. But, dude, I'm a Saints fan when they were playing. I mean, it is what it is. And, and I was so aggravated. I mean, from the opening drive right down the field, Shane, right down the field. Right, Richard? Sorry. And they're going right down the field, and Pierre Thomas gets concussed. And I thought that and it took them a half to recover, right? And then, yeah. then Jimmy Graham... Became unstoppable. And here comes the comeback. And then they take the lead. And then, like, this, this is it. Because you're right. That year, man, to this day, Drew Brees said it. Drew Brees said it several times since. That was a Super Bowl winning team. That was a Super Bowl winning team. They they could have absolutely done it. I don't have a doubt in my mind. I know Shane called earlier and said that the, the game... If they would have won in Minnesota, there, you know, Philly's not beating them and they would have gone to the Super Bowl. I don't know about that. I absolutely would say that though about the 11 team. I absolutely think they beat the Giants. I absolutely think they could have won. I, there's no doubt. I mean, they, I absolutely do. And that game, oh, I, that, that's the game that got Roman Harper gone. Let's be honest. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. That that was the game yeah. that literally I remember because we we always do the shows after the season ends. The who gets on the bus, dude. I remember the angst from the fan base that year. I remember Pepita was on the board, and I did two pages of a legal pad on the amount of players that the Saints fans <laughs> wanted out of town. Mind you, this is a team that we all agree was a Super Bowl contending or winning team. 
And I couldn't, I, I kept right there, just, and they would call, put this guy on the bus. And I'm telling you, without a doubt, the bus driver was voted as Roman Harper. Roman Harper was the guy who was, I mean, everyone called Roman Harper, Roman Harper, Roman Harper. I mean, it was, it was him. That game got him out of town. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. But, and again, the, the, the re- repeat how I, I, I made a Facebook post after that game <laughs> because I, I, I think we all knew Greg Williams was gone. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, you'd heard the whispers. He had wanted an extension. We weren't going to give it to him. And him and Sean were clashing. So I, I was one of those people who thought he just threw the game. He just was like, you know, bleep you. If you're not going to give me what I want, I'm not going to help. You know, I, I believe that for a bit, but I also saw it as, as a coach, he failed Harper because we knew as fans, Harper can't cover Vernon Davis. Stop it. You said the, the name. Him, you said the name. Vernon Davis was like kryptonite to that Saints defense. Dude. I mean, the, the, the closest thing to that was back in the day when Tony Gonzalez was with the Falcons, where literally the entire world watching the game knew on third and short noon alarm or any quarterback was going to Tony Gonzalez. Like, <laughs> I'm like, serious. I never understood any caught. I mean, seriously, the guy, I guess that's why he's a Hall of Famer. You knew it was third and short. Tony Gonzalez is going to run however many yards it was to the marker, turn around. Like, you know, why are we not doubling Tony Gonzalez? It was the same thing with Vernon Davis. I'm like, I mean, there was just, it's it, it just, it, you knew what was coming. You could watch the traffic accident about to take place, and then it was still painful. I mean, you're, you know what? Why did you do this to me? It was Friday. You're right. It still agitates me. That drive, that game. Alex Smith. Oh, my. Oh. Yeah, Alex Smith gets, gets, takes his five steps, curves around to the left. And then right hand flies down the, the sideline and runs for, down, oh, and you're just staring at the TV oh, with shock. Like, did did that just? Did we make him look like Michael yeah, Vick yeah, with the right hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's then, why I'm telling you that open in the, end the one that is the one. Especially, open. just remember that joy you felt. I don't know if you were there or or at a bar or at home when you watched it. That joy when Sproles caught that ball. <laughs> Took off and 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 you see Jimmy Graham down the yeah. field. Yeah, Sproles coming and block. Yes, Mr. I don't know how to block. Was blocking. Oh, I mean, well, Jimmy Jimmy had bought in at that. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy was on the team. You know, he was all he was all for one and one for all. He was a musketeer at, at that, that point. Yeah. <laughs> so to have that to have that elation rip away in a matter of well, well Fetlock and a, a lifetime. So yeah. that's mine. It will always be mine. <laughs> more than Minneapolis, more than Nola No Call. That was the one because, yeah, the path was right in front of us. We we knew. We especially when we saw Giants win the next day. It's like, oh, come on. I feel like I need a drink now after I just had a conversation with you, Richard. <laughs> yes, yes, oh. yeah, let's, let's go. We're about to get off work at three. Let's go. <laughs> I got the three o'clock, sir. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. Yep, for sure. 800-998-1003. Uncle Earl, I'll see you on hold. I'll come to you right out of the break. Saints fans, Pels fans, give me your most horrific moment in franchise history and your worst bad luck or 
superstition when we come back someone on twitter posted something that i think is kind of interesting i love this uh, about superstition to make sure that the team wins at all costs i don't know if i'm willing to do that but he is neil i'll talk about that next on espn new orleans don't you know we're riding on the marrakesh express don't you know we're riding on the marrakesh express they're taking me to marrakesh Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily, plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope. Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road. The other day, someone said they saw a roach the size of a nutria down around Cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call Terminex and the Bayou Boys, Dan and Billy Foster. They'll be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid of bugs any size. So call those Bayou Boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough. Always on the run and short on cash? With a state bank and trust company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any state bank and trust location for all the details. State bank and trust company, Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no wood. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Touchdown range and with 14 seconds left, pull the trigger! Alex Smith to Vernon Davis. Oh, memories of Steve Young to Terrell Owens all those years ago. What a throw. And that- Thank you, Roy, for reminding me of that and sending me that. Uncle Earl, thank you, sir. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Who brought that shit up? Now my day is ruined. Yep, there it is. That's how it works. What you got for me today, bud? Uh, well, I hope you're having, I hope you're having a wonderful day. You, you had me fired up uh, earlier with with, uh, uh, with Russ Marlboro. I mean, with your boy, man. I'm just ready for football season, Gus. I really am, man. I'm, hey, hey, Gus. Uh, to me, the, the Minnesota. I'm a grown man. I was in tears. The Minnesota that, that was the last play of the game, right? I mean, I, I know it was a divisional round. Yeah, that was the last play of the game. I was look. I went to work the next day. I didn't want nobody to talk to me. I was going to kill some. I swear to God, I was in the worst <laughs> bad mood. Everything. The the San Gus the San Francisco game. Yeah, I was at I, I was at my hunting camp, and, and when Jimmy Graham scored, and was like, oh my, uh, we was outside just screaming, yelling. Then we were like. I hope you didn't score too early. I can't remember how much time they had on the clock. What was it, a minute 10 or when they drove 95 yards mm-hmm. or whatever it was? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember, Gus, how much time they had on the clock. For when now? When when San Francisco made that drive. I think they had to start at 5. No, yeah, no, it was under a minute. Yeah, they scored with like 40-something seconds. Oh, left. At least I'm God. looking at the highlights right now. Yeah. 
Gus, no, the, Gus, Saints, the, the Saints had just scored with, with Jimmy Graham. They, like they were up. Like oh. they just. They, it was yeah. I, I, I was. I was. That was the year we could have. Gus, for me, it it was the the no no call just because we was at home. Man, Champion Square, you couldn't fit a, 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 a needle in that place, man. It was so packed. It was so ready, and and it was the NFC Championship game. To go to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I think we would have played who New England, right? Um, that year, yeah, yeah. One thirty-seven, um, one thirty-seven. Saints get the two-point God. conversion. Yeah, so yeah, it was under two points. Man, so so Gus, honestly, uh, one, two, we really should have three rings, huh? Honestly, I mean, do do, do we have a fourth ring somewhere that that you think we should have? Uh, I'm trying to think. By the way, they scored a touchdown with 10 seconds left. Vernon oh, Davis. God. Vernon Davis that. caught it. Vernon Davis, Jesus Ten Christ. Seconds. <laughs> 10 seconds. Uh, hey, you know, yeah. uh, you, you got to play the music or something for me because, look, this year, I'm telling you, yeah. Gus, I, I'm with you, man. I, I, I really am with you. And, and, and listening to Ralph and all that, Yeah, what he was saying about Davenport, man, that guy is unbelievable. And then I haven't seen the – the kid we had last year, the defensive end, that he, he comes back healthy, man. I think we're going to have a top five defense. Right. I no, really absolutely. Do. Yeah, Peyton Turner. I, I'm telling you, Uncle Earl, I think oh, Peyton. What are you talking about? God. Yeah. Gus, uh, look, Gus, we're going to win our division. And, 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 look, I'm pulling for Winston, man. That kid has come a long way. I hope yeah. he can. Look, give us five or six picks for the Whatever it is, I'll take 35 and six. I'll take it. You know, whatever it is, throw 10, I'll take 40 touchdowns. We can get to the NFC Championship. With that defense, we can win a Super Bowl, man. I, I, I believe Oh, I really Uncle Earl going Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, I'm saying Let's at least we're in the division, man. That's shit, fine. Gus, come on, baby. I, I hear I, you, man. After that call, All right. I, 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 need, I gotta go get me a vodka drink. <laughs> well, go, 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 go make yourself a nice cold vodka and have a, have a good weekend, Uncle hey, Earl. We'll dude, talk on Monday. Have a good weekend, baby. You too, buddy. There he goes. How are you feeling? Are you close? to being 100% so you can win some more games this year. Coach, if you need me to strap it up right now, I'll be able to go. Hey, yes. yes. Jameis Winston saying, if you need me to go, I'm ready to go to Steve Mariucci. Jordan, the intern. Uh, what'd you think when you heard Jameis Winston yesterday on the NFL Network say, if you need me to strap it on, I'm ready to go. Are you muted? Did you mute yourself? Uh, unmute yourself. Good job. Good. Thank you. Good job. There. Thank there. you. <laughs> anyway, you heard no, me. I said, I'm, I'm gonna, like you. I was like I was saying, yes. mute. I, sure. And like I was saying yesterday, hey, if we could get the Jameis Winston that you know I, when he did you know walk off the field or get caught off the field, if we get that same guy back, I'm all for. I think he's gonna be you know a big. You know, difference over on the offense. So I'm all for it. All for it. I like that. Uh, also, Roy, Roy just sent a picture of, you know, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not. It's a crab with Jameis Winston's face on its head. I mean, I just, I mean, I just, four and thir- he thinks they're four and 13. Now, you, you were nervous now yesterday. Thank year, you. Last- Thank you. Thank you. I mean, do you think they're four and 13 team? Come on. Last year, I would have thought. 
I would have. It would. I would. I wouldn't have. And been last like, year hey, you were a, more positive than me. Last year you had them as a twelve-win team. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. You <laughs> you thought they were going to only win like six games last year. Six, seven. Come on. I, I think seven. it's. I think it's. I think it's ten. Like you were saying yesterday again, ten or eleven wins. Mm-hmm. I think is a very good situation that you could be in with a new coach, quarterback coming off of injury. Yeah. Um, not knowing what your running back is going to be, like wh- who your running back is going to be going into the season. So ten or eleven wins, I'd be more than happy at the end of the season to be with that with that record. I want to play this for you because again, I thought it was interesting. I'm sitting here at the gym trying to be a good kid, you know, doing my cardio, and there it is on the TV. Keyshawn Johnson said it also this morning, so it's a topic ESPN believes. This is what he had to say on a Bucks early schedule. They faced the Green Bay Packers, which. They've had the Green Bay Packers number to a degree recently here with Tom Brady. And then after that, they have the Chiefs, which, you know, the Chiefs against them in the Super Bowl, that's their Super Bowl rematch. The, the Heat will be down in Tampa a little bit. I don't necessarily worry about that for the Chiefs as much as I am just wanting to see the matchup. But those first four games is not an easy road to victory at all whatsoever. Now, we need to see what the Cowboys are. We need to see what the Saints are as well as the Packers and the Chiefs. But I can tell you one thing. If they somehow wind up being one in three or something along those lines. Could happen. The season could get real bumpy for them. Ooh, you heard Max Kellerman. It could happen. It could happen. They're saying real, real bumpy. I, Dude, the Bucks. I'm not saying they're going 0-4. They're, they're, I think they're a better team than that. But that's my point. That's what I'm getting at. I When I look at the first four games with the Saints, that's what I was trying to get you to understand, Jordan, yesterday. If I'm the Saints, it's as good as it could have been when, when when I look at it from that perspective with getting guys back from injury, with a new coach, with seeing how co-coordinators go. But we talked about this earlier in the week, and we'll bring it up with Leo again. They're basically what Tampa's in the same situation, right? Their D coordinator just became the head coach. Their offensive yeah. coordinator in, in title. I mean, Bruce Arians was the guy calling the plays, right? But... But now it's Byron Leftwich. Was well, the same thing with Pete Carmichael. I mean, it, it's very similar circumstances. I mean, they're doing co-defensive coordinators. So I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting when you look at it from that perspective. And I do think they have a toucher, a, a tougher start than the Saints. So again, I know there's 17 games they can make it up, and the Saints can go on a five-game losing streak in the middle of it. But if you can start. You're two and one, my three and zero, oh, as opposed to them one and two or one and three. I, I take it. You take it. You got to get as many wins as you can early on. And I guess what's kind of brutal. I mean, I know you didn't bring this up, but having that buy so late, I feel yeah, like that's going to be a massive storyline later well, down the road in, in a few weeks, or not a few weeks, but in a few months when the NFL does get started. I feel like that's going to be a major attrition. Attrition is going to be a big thing. For just the Saints all around. Yeah, I think offensive line is going to be, you know, attrition. You have some depth at the D line. Maybe that's one of the reasons they went and got Alante Taylor. Look, you added another edge rusher in the draft, um, linebacker in the draft, defensive back in the draft. So, you know, let, let's see what takes place. What, what about what some of the callers have been saying there? Poor Uncle Earl just had flashbacks. He's miserable now. Richard called, you know, and said, the, the San Francisco game. He's like, you can have your Minneapolis yeah, miracle. Dude, it's still by, like, again, you heard me. I, I, it triggered. I, I thought I had suppressed it. I, but as I kept talking about it and looked at the YouTube highlights, I, I got really agitated about that. That is a game that, 
Uh, I think the Cowboys. And you can see it. Poor Drew. There's a shot of Drew in the highlights where he looks up at the clock right before Alex Smith throws that, that touchdown. And he's looking at it and Sean has the headsets off and he's just, they know that was a Super Bowl team. That was a Super Bowl team. Like they know. Like you could see Drew's eyes. He's like, oh, dude, that, I know this, I know this team went on to win the Super Bowl, but I, what really hurt me, that was probably the most I've hurt, been hurt as a, a sports fan is when the Saints lost against the lost to the Cowboys to finally end the the winning streak for the Saints in the '09 season. That game bothered you. That game bothered me. Really? I was PO'd. Why? The next it's the Cowboys? Week. No, just because they played. They didn't go fourteen and zero, or you wanted them yes. to go undefeated. Of yes. all the losses in Saints history, that's the one that got you upset. That that one, I was bawling like a babe. Really. Huh. I would not, like, I don't even think about that one at all. No, that one, I mean, that one still <laughs> aggravates me to this 13 day. 13 and 1. I mean, I just, you know, I, that one bothered you, huh? Okay. That did bother me. All right. Look, teach his own, you know, teach his own on that. That's fine. How to be calmed down. <laughs> well, how old were you? I was playing like what fourth, fifth grade. Man, there we go. Okay, <laughs> I understand it. No, I understand it. I get it. Um, eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three. Next hour, uh, Saul, uh, Neil. Actually, I wanted to say this too. Superstition. Are you a superstitious person? Like, do you do things to make sure the Saints and Pels win? Well, I guess with certain things, I'm superstitious. So Neil, the old Bayou Cajun, for superstitious. I had this particular underwear that had so many holes in it, I had to put another one on top of no, it. No, that's just disgusting. Needless to say, I finally had to retire it. No, I didn't say it was used and not washed. It just, it was a holy underwear. It was just worn a lot. Jordan, read, read properly. Um, Saul says, when the Saints need an important win, I pull out my Drew Brees color rush jersey. Can't wear it. Must be on a hanger in the room when we are watching the game. Listen to this. When he does so, 10 and 0. 10 really? and 0. 10 and 0. So Saul, uh, that Bucks game, when it, you see, you can't, but can you, you can't pull out every game, huh? It's gotta be the game that you have to have, huh? See, what, okay, ooh, that's a good one. What if you have that kind of power? Well, you're, you're undefeated when you do the jersey, Jordan. Looking at the Saints schedule, what game does he have to pull that one out on? Game two. Game two. You're going game two. Game two. You well, want- I think you should pull it. You, you probably want it because if you wanted to go three and oh, it's just going to have to pull it out for game yes, two. Game two, Saul. Pull it out game two. I love it. Sounds good. All right, Jordan. Should I try you at the end of the show, or are you whatever? Are, you, whatever are you, you busy? Want. <laughs> whatever you want, I'll try you at the end of the show. It's the Sports Hangover Hour Two is in the books. Hour Three next on ESPN New Orleans. Oh. 